Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for June 23rd, 2022. I'm teaching a series entitled God's Grace in Our Faith. So that's how it works. God does everything he does by grace, right? Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. Everything we do in response to God's grace, we're supposed to do it by faith. And so we've been learning a lot of things. We've been looking at John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17. Then we started looking at Galatians. We walked through a bunch of stuff in Galatians, and now we got to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is faith. And so we're talking about faith. Yesterday, I provided you a faith refresher. If you missed yesterday's message, you should go back and watch it because I'm teaching you like laying the foundation. We're the just and we live by faith. Say that. Say, I am the just and I live by faith. You can put that in the chat. I live by faith. So as, as the just who live by faith, we need to be taught how to live by faith. I provided you that faith refresher yesterday and I'm gonna flow in that same vein today. So this is God's grace, our faith, part 42, Holy Spirit enable faith, part two. I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit will enable you to walk and live by faith. Say that I can do it through the Holy Spirit. All right, let's get ready to receive the word. so get into the word for this morning. Those of you that are putting it in the chat, I appreciate that. I am the just and I live by faith. I can do it through the Holy Spirit. That's how we're supposed to live. We are the just and we live by faith. And I'm going to explain to you what that means, right? Because, you know, sometimes we have these phrases and we don't understand what it means. So let's go through our scriptures first. John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word Jesus became flesh. He dwelt among us. We were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father who came from the Father full of grace and truth. In John 1 and 17, the Bible says that the law was given by Moses on tablets of stone, but grace and truth came not on tablets of stone. Grace and truth came in the form of a person, and that name is Jesus. Jesus came full of grace and truth. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, traditionally, the way it would read is that there's nine fruit of the Holy Spirit, and love is one of those fruit. I like the way the Passion Translation lays it out. It says, no, no, no. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Like all of it is love. And then there's eight manifestations of God's love. And these are the eight manifestations of God's love that happen through the Holy Spirit. When people look at you, they're supposed to see this. Joy that overflows. Say, I have joy. Yeah, glory to God. Peace that subdues. Say, I have peace. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue or good works. Faith that prevails. I have faith that's going to hold on until I see what God said. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to say what God said until I see what God said, and I'm not going to be moved by what I see in the natural. I'm going to teach on that. Gentleness of heart, strength of spirit. Now, never set the law, the rules above these qualities, because these qualities are meant to be limitless. The law is limited. Say this, the Holy Spirit is limitless. Put that in the chat. So the Holy Spirit is limitless. Once I'm walking with God, God is walking with me. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit in all things. I have no limits, I have no limits, no boundaries. I see increase all around me. Why? Because I'm walking with God. God is walking with me. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. I'm led by this reality. I'm not moved by what, what I see in this world. Let's talk about it. 
What does this mean for you today? I, I gave you that faith refresher yesterday, and, and I'm going to flow in that same vein today. The key point that I'll drive home today is that God operates outside of time. God operates outside of time. And you and I, we are in time, but God is not in time. And God is not limited by time. There's no time and space in God, right? And so he's outside of time because he's eternal, but we're in time. And so understanding this whole thing, I'm going to break it down for you. But understanding all of that is key to understanding how we live by faith. You ready? This is where I'm going to start teaching. So I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Here we go. Number one, question. What is the opposite of faith? If I stop the average person on the street, hey, microphone, hey, hello, excuse me, sir, what is the opposite of faith? Excuse me, ma'am, what is the opposite of faith? Most people would say that the opposite of faith is doubt, but the opposite of faith is not doubt. These are people that don't understand faith. Let me explain. Faith is peering into God's realm. What is faith? Faith is peering into God's realm. I've already taught you what faith is, but this is a faith refresher. Faith is peering into God's realm. I'm able to see it. Oh, wow. It's almost like, you know, you watch a trailer in the movies and it's coming soon. There's a coming attraction. It's coming soon. Now, it's, the movie's not here yet, but man, did you see that trailer? Oh my God, it's going to be good. Because you saw it. So God reveals something to you that is future to you, but past to him. Man, I saw it. Oh, glory to God, this is going to be good. Now it's coming soon. So I'm able to, faith is the ability to peer into God's realm and then come back to the earthly realm and live your life based on what you saw. So now I'm living my life based on that reality. I'm living my life based on what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. This is how I live. Say, this is how I live. Faith is peering into God's will and then coming back and aligning your will with his will based on what, what he revealed to you. Man, and, and that becomes the unseen. Yes, put this in the chat. The unseen is more real to me than the seen. When you get to the point where I, 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 the unseen is more real to me than what I see down here in this world. Now you're ready to walk and live by faith. If you understand this, then you know that the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is natural sight. The opposite of faith is what you can see with these natural eyes. So before you were born again, you lived your life based on what you were able to see in the natural and what you were able to validate with your senses. So you, th this body is an earth suit and this is how you communicate with the earth. And so your body, which is an earth suit, communicates with the earth and you're able to touch and taste and smell and see all of this stuff. And then that's how you live your life. You just live your life. People say, well, I believe it when I see it. Okay. Well then if you see it, you don't really need to believe it. You can see it. <laughs> and so, but that's how people live down here in this world. But, but as believers, we don't live, like, we're, we're living off of a different reality. And so in the kingdom, you actually have to see it before, before you can have it. Right. And so, so now I'm living my life based off what I see in the spirit and not what I see in the natural realm. So, so if I can see it in the natural realm, then I don't need to believe it because I can see it. So if you can understand that second Corinthians five and seven says we walk by faith and not by sight. So the opposite of faith is natural sight. I like the way that the easy read version of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 reads. It reads, watch this. Oh, I love this. We live by what we believe will happen, not by what we can see. Say, put this in the chat. I live by what I believe is going to happen. I'm living my life with an expectation of manifestation every day. I'm never hopeless because God has revealed to me so many things that haven't happened yet. I'm living my life with this expectation of what I believe will happen and I'm not, my, I'm not moved by what I see. Say that, say I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I perceive in the spirit. 
Number two, if you can see it in the natural, meaning that it's already happened yet, then you don't need faith. To be clear, if you can see it, you don't need you don't need faith. I mean, what do you need faith for if you can see it? Hebrews 11 and 1 teaches us a few things about faith. It, it teaches us a few, here we go. Faith perceives, teaches us that faith perceives as real. Those things that cannot be validated with our natural senses. So I can't validate it with my natural senses, but I perceive it to be real. And matter of fact, it's more real to me than what I see with my natural senses. Faith adds substance to my hope. So some people are out there just hoping and wishing and praying, but they're not. Faith adds substance to my hope because faith now I have a promise from God. I have a revelation from God. So God revealed something to me. He gave me a dream while I was sleeping and opened a vision while I was awake. He spoke to me through the Holy Spirit. He spoke to me through his word. And now that adds substance to my hope. Now I'm not just hoping open-ended. No, I, I have a promise from God. I have a revelation from the Father, and it adds substance to my hope. Faith is about being sure. Faith is about being certain of those things that I cannot validate with my senses, but I believe that it's going to happen. I believe that God revealed it to me, and in eternity, it's already done. For me, who lives in the continuum of time, it's only a matter of time. You got it? So every promise from God has a timing component. Every promise from God has a timing component. God's promises will always manifest in God's timing. So the fact that we have, ooh, this is good. The fact that we have to wait on what God said is what makes faith required or faith necessary. The fact that I'm waiting on God's timing is what make, makes faith necessary. Because if God had already done it and I can already see it, and I can validate it in the natural, then faith is not required. I mean, obviously, if I can touch it, I only have to believe God until it happens. After it happens, I don't have to believe God anymore. It already happened. I go on to the next thing. So faith is only required until God does it. Once God manifests whatever he promised, then faith is no longer required because faith is evidence of what I cannot see. Well, if I can see it, then I don't need faith, obviously. So there, there are things, put this in the chat. Say, there are many things I'm believing God for. You need to put this in the chat and believe. There are many things I'm believing God for right now that haven't happened yet. And the fact that they haven't happened yet, and the fact that God's timing hasn't manifested yet, is why faith is required. I live by faith. I'm, I'm believing God. I have a lot of things that I'm believing God for. I have a lot of things that God has spoken to me that haven't happened yet. And because they haven't happened yet, now I'm living by faith. You got it? All right. Number three, God speaks to us from what I call the position of the eternal now. The eternal now. Ooh, let me explain. I, I told you this, this before, but I'm, I'm explaining it again. One of the critical concepts, I believe, that we as children of God must understand is that God operates outside of time. And that, that's the key. Remember, you and I, we're in time and we're in the continuum of time. God is outside of time. God is eternal. So when God speaks to us because he's eternal, now one day we're going to be eternal as well. One day you and I are going to get a new body. You know, one glad morning when this world is over, I'll fly away. One day we're going to get a new body. And when we get a new body, we will forever be with the Lord. But we're not there now. We're in the earth. And so now that we're here, we're not eternal. We are finite, right? We are limited. God is limitless and infinite. We are finite and limited. And so so for now, we live on earth and that we, we can't, we're not eternal. We're not in the eternity yet. We're operating within the continuum of time. But God is outside of time. 
he's not confined by time. He's outside of it. So God's natural realm is eternity. Our natural realm in the earth is time. So when God speaks to us, God speaks to us from what I call the position of the eternal now, right? So here's the problem. When God looks at us, he sees everything. He sees the entire span of our lives. He sees what is. He sees what was. He sees what will be, right? He sees your whole life. When God looks at you, he's too big of a God. This is Ecclesiastes 3 and 15. Everything that is has already been. Everything that will be has already been. And so when God looks at you, he sees what is. He sees what was. He sees what will be. Not only that, God is so big of a God that he sees you. He sees your children and he sees your children's children. And so God is trying to work some stuff in you that your grandkids are still going to be walking in because God releases the blessing to the second and the third generation. So when God speaks, watch this, for God, he never speaks in future tense. Let me slow down because I need you to understand this. God is outside of time. When God looks at you, he sees what is, what was, and what will be. God sees your children, this generation and two generations. So for God, he never speaks in what will be because for him, it's already done. What is now to God is future to us. For God is always now, right? Because God, spe God is speaking outside of time. So for God is always now, everything is now to God. But for us, it might take hours or days or weeks or months or years, maybe even decades. But for God is always now because he's outside of time. And so when so for us, we have to we have to think about it from that perspective. God always speaks like is like is now. And so you get excited, you high-five your neighbor, you do three backflips in church, and then you like you get frustrated when it's been three weeks and it hasn't happened yet. That's not how God works. God, for God is always now, but it's only because he's outside of time. He's not limited by time. So faith is the ability to believe what God revealed and then come back from that experience and then live based off of that reality, right? And then not be moved by what you see. Faith is about perceiving and believing what God revealed. Put this in the chat. I'm not moved by what I see. You got to get this. So faith is about perceiving and believing what God revealed and then performing those actions, performing actions, corresponding actions that line up with what God said so that God's promises can come to pass on the earth. And when I live by faith, I'm living based off of, I'm living off a different reality. I'm living off of what God spoke to me to, to live by faith. You cannot be moved by what you see down here in this world. You're living by what God said. This is why, like I shared with you yesterday, you can have a, um, a doctor's report and, and the doctor's report says, you have X disease. And God says, oh, you, you're disease free. I was like, what, God? You have no disease. The Holy Ghost will yell, say, I have no disease, right? I'm disease free. You say, okay, well, I'm disease free. Then you go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, no, there's still disease in your body. And the Holy Ghost says, I'm disease free. What am I going to do? Oh, I got it. The reason why the Holy Spirit said, I'm disease-free now, is because for God is always now. Oh, I got it. It may not happen for me for weeks or months or years. Oh, I got it. So now what God wants me to do is to live off of the reality of what he said, and he wants me to say what he said until I see what he said. Oh, I got it. So I can't be moved by what's... This is why when you understand that, that what how God works and you got a word from God, 
then, oh, now I got it. Now I can be in the middle of trouble and not be troubled by my trouble because I'm living off of a different report. I have a report from this world. I have a report from God's world. And whose report am I going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. So the report of the Lord, you, you're believing God says, that's your house. You go to the bank. The bank says, no, you God says, that's your house. And, and, and But you can't get anybody to give you the loan and you don't have the money. But God says, that's your house. And what am I going to do? I have to believe the report of the Lord. Now, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I have to live off of that reality. And so this is how we live, right? And so the Holy Spirit, this is why I'm saying Holy Spirit enable faith. The Holy Spirit will enable you to hold on to what God said, even when you have all kind of sense realm evidence. You have no sense realm evidence to support what God said. You have a bunch of sense realm evidence that goes against what God said. And the Holy Spirit will enable you to hold on until your change comes, right? So the Holy Spirit will be like, no, your time is coming. No, you have it. You have it now. But, but remember, he keeps saying now, but his now is not our now. His now is the eternal now. You got it? All right, number four. I'm trying to explain this thing. Number four, you can be encouraged by the fact that God cannot lie. So, so you should be encouraged. Like, like, like one of the things that encourages me in those kind of situations is I go back to, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what God said and God cannot lie. Titus 1 and 2 tells us that we serve a God that who cannot lie. So since he cannot lie and he spoke to me from the position of the eternal now and for him is now and for me is only a matter of time, then I have to wait to see what God said come to pass in the earth. And I know it has to happen. It has to happen. It can't not happen. Why? Because God cannot lie, right? And so since not God is not a man and he cannot lie, then and he already told me it's already done. So it's only a matter of time before I see in my hands what God revealed to me in my heart. This is why God spoke to Abraham in the past tense before it happened. This is why God speaks to Abraham and says, hey, Abram, from now on, I want you to go introduce yourself as Abraham, the father of many nations. He said, well, yeah, but we don't have the kid yet. Oh, no, no, that's fine. But for me, it's already done. For you, it's only a matter of time. So I want you to go introduce yourself. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Abram? My name is not Abram no more. What is it? Abraham. Wait a minute. Abraham means father of many nations. That's what I am. I'm the father of many nations. Cuckoo, they look at you crazy. God, even at the risk of looking foolish, God wants you to believe what he said until you can see what he said right? So, so he wants you to live off of his reality. We serve a God who speaks beforehand in past tense. We serve a God who speaks beforehand in past tense. Let me give you another example. God reveals to Isaiah the cross. Isaiah is living 700 years before Jesus. And the Holy Ghost translates Isaiah 700 years into the future. And so Isaiah is at the foot of the cross and he sees Jesus on the cross. He comes back from that and he writes 700 years before it happens in past tense. He says Jesus or he was past tense wounded for our transgressions. He was past tense bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was past tense upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He writes 700 years before it happens in past tense. Why? Because God is outside of time. You got it? All right, number five, last thing for today. Let me give you this a real example so you could get it, and then we'll close. Jesus, number five, Jesus is a great example of living 
by faith. Say, say, put this in the chat. I live by faith. Now you're getting a better understanding of what it means to live by faith. So Jesus is a great example of this. Jesus lived by faith. This means that he lived by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. He lived by everything that the Father revealed to him. Jesus said, I only say those things I hear my Father say. I only do those things I see my Father do. This is John 5 and 19, John 5 and 30. So Jesus was willing to be in sync with heaven, even if it looked like he was out of sync with the people down here in this world. So he was living, he was willing to be in sync with heaven, even at the risk of looking foolish, right? So Jesus lived his life off a different reality. So one day, he always said what he was led by the Holy Spirit to say. Jesus was not moved by what he saw in the natural. He only said what the Holy Spirit led him to say. He knew it was only a matter of time before it manifested. So I'm going to give you an example from Mark chapter 11. So in Mark chapter 11, Jesus gets up one morning, and he this was the day that the Father revealed to him, I need you to go to the temple and kick out the money changers. And so he's staying at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. And so he gets up. But he's focused on what he has to do that day. God already showed him, I'm kicking out money changes today. Glory to God. And so he gets up. He's like, hey, guys, let's go. He was so motivated that he didn't eat breakfast. And so he's walking. And he's, as he's walking in the spirit, he's looking at what he, he's about to kick out some money changes. But his body's hungry. And so his spirit is like, bam, purpose. But his body's hungry. And so he sees a fig tree afar off. He walks over to the fig tree. But the Bible says it didn't have any, any figs on it. And remember, Jesus only said those things he heard the Father say. He only did those things he saw the Father do. So the Holy Ghost revealed to, to Jesus that he could see the tree dried up from the roots. And so Jesus said what he saw. Jesus said nine words. No man shall eat fruit from you uh, hereafter forevermore. And he walked away like it was already done. The Bible says that the, his disciples heard it. It, wasn't, it doesn't say they overheard it. He, they heard it because he wanted them to hear it. Jesus spoke nine words. No man shall eat fruit from thee hereafter forevermore. He looked at the tree. He spoke it. He spoke, you are dried up from the roots. Now, wait a minute. Nothing happened. No, Jesus said, you are dried up from the roots. But why didn't the tree dry up? Because the earth is on delayed time. In eternity, it was already dried up. In time, it hadn't happened yet. So Jesus walked away like it was already done. Jesus, listen, I'm telling you, you can't be moved by what you see. Jesus walked away like it was already done. You get a doctor's report, the Holy Ghost says something else. You got to believe what the Holy Ghost says. And you got to walk away like it's already done. So Jesus walked away like it was already done. He spoke with authority. Nothing happened immediately, but he wasn't moved by what he saw. The following day, say the following day. Come on, man. The following day, Jesus walks by the same tree with the same disciples. And Peter, he says, oh, snap. This is the Rick Pena version. He was like, oh, snap, master. Look. The fig tree you cursed yesterday is dried up from the roots, just like you said. And Jesus like, have faith in God. Come on, man. You, 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 you are excited because it's dried up now because you can see it. But I saw it dried up yesterday. And I spoke what I saw in the spirit. And I wasn't moved by what I see in the natural. Come on. This is faith. This is the life of faith. Jesus was able to live this way. He was like, no, no, no. Yesterday, this thing was dried up. For me, it was already done. For you, it was only a matter of time. Some of you guys only get excited when you see it with your natural eyes. I get excited when I see it in the spirit. And I'm living off of a different reality. And I'm able to say what God said until I see what God said. So the Holy Spirit reveals things to us that are past to him, but future to us. And then faith requires us to believe and receive what the Holy Ghost said. 
and to make decisions in the present based on that revelation, even when you have no sense realm evidence to support it, and even when all the sense realm evidence you do have is against it. And so, so no, we're called to live by faith and not by sight. I'm not, we're not going to live by natural sight. We're going to live by faith. We're going to live by what we see in the spirit, not what, what we're seeing in the natural. And to live this way effectively, you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will enable you to live this way. Put this in the chat. Say the Holy Spirit helps me to live by faith. That's the point of today's message. The Holy Ghost will help me to live by faith, to live off of this reality and not to be moved by what I see. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Man, there's some good teaching, y'all. By the way, yesterday's message, today's message, this is stuff you need to watch. Get this down in your spirit. This is how we're supposed to live. Lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I'm a believer, not a doubter. I walk by faith, not by sight. Like Jesus, I only say what I hear you say. I only do what you reveal to me that you want done. I'm not living by the same reality as the people down here in this world. I live by faith. This means that I live by your reality, even when the earth hasn't caught up with it yet. I live by every word you speak to me. Even when what I see down here in this world is telling me something different. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what you say. I live in sync with heaven, even if it means that I may seem out of sync with the people down here in this world. You are in eternity. I am in time. So it's only a matter of time before I see in my hands what you reveal in my heart. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you want my notes, you should want these notes. You get them for free. Go to todaysword.org, big red subscribe button, click on it, put in your email address. You're going to get all my uh, emails, all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Like I said, you might need to watch this again. And then uh, share this message. This is a message people need to hear. Share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Put in the chat, greater is coming for me. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart 
for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.